This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's Worst 250 so you don't have to. My name is Abigail Ward. And I'm Michelle St. Clair. And tonight we watched Universal Soldier The Return. The Universal Soldiers must fight the whole army when the military supercomputer Seth gets out of control. Let's watch. precarious spot. Michelle, yeah. describe the scene. Uh, let's be honest. Well, okay, let's be honest. Um, so we're on our usual recording table, uh, but yeah. I've thrown a blanket over it. Uh-huh. Um, and then to our left and right are some lovely lamps. Uh-huh. Uh, and over us is a bed sheet. I just moved. I just moved. Okay. I just moved. So that means that we haven't set up the new room. The sound treatment is awful. And as someone who gets very stressed out by sound and wanting to make a good product for our listeners... Uh, I thought, uh, hey, w- why don't we why don't we improvise something? <laughs> yeah, Michelle goes above and beyond for the podcast with no thought as to our <laughs> our own <laughs> happiness. We put the listeners' is, needs before our own. This is, uh, it's not comfy, but hey, if we were to, rec- it makes me think of the story of uh, you know the band Super Fairy Animals, uh, that Welsh band, and that they fucking recorded their first album like after hours at work, and they just put bed sheets over themselves to so that they could record the guitar parts. There you go. It, that album is mastered. Like, shit, sounds terrible, but it's a great piece of music. I have a feeling I'm going to get a headache being under here within the next half hour. But here we are. Here we are. At Aqua Caliente. At Aqua Here we are at Aqua Caliente. For anyone who hasn't seen it, that's from Fistful of Dollars. Go check it out. I have an enormous task ahead of me today. Yeah. It's weighing greatly on my mind. Michelle has just moved into a new house, literally like three streets away from the old place in Northcote. Sorry, censor that. The beep street in Northcote. We don't live there anymore. And I have to go over there and remove a whiteboard that I put on the wall like two years ago because I (laughs) thought it would be a great idea for my productivity. And I was assured that it would come off of the wall easily. So I stuck it straight on, completely adhered to the wall. I don't mean like there's a couple of points that it's stuck onto the wall. The whole thing is stuck on the wall. Oh yeah. It's fully fused with that cheap landlord paint. (laughs) Yeah. So when I started peeling it away, it was just pulling the plaster off. And even that would be okay, but I got to a point where I couldn't even pull it off the plaster. (laughs) So after this, I have the immense task of getting this huge plastic sheet off the wall. Um, (laughs) So I thought, let's just reminisce on Helen Street, you know? Yeah, well, it's, it's I certainly a clip will shot. Look, the naysayers may have called you an idiot, a fool. What, I, who I, they me all that? called you a ridiculous idiot for buying that whiteboard. But <laughs> I said, hey, she's not that dumb, okay? She might look stupid, but <laughs> she, I assure you. She might look stupid. Hey, just because she's dumb doesn't mean she doesn't deserve our respect. <laughs> it's always the worst kind of compliment. It's the curse of being blonde with massive blobbies. <laughs> Everyone just thinks you're a fucking idiot. Every, and maybe I am, but I hate that they know. Every every conversation is about your tits. And to be fair, they're huge. It's hard to not talk about them. <laughs> you got to address the, the the elephant blobbies in the room. <laughs> so that's that's but I'm I'm sad about Helen Street. I mean yeah. I'm well, I think we're all like happily happy to see the back of it because it really was as houses go. A bit of a shithole. Yeah. But it was our first Melbourne house. We made it look re- much nicer than it was. Yeah. You know? 
it was like the one house that accepted us that we wanted oh, to yeah. live in when we wanted when we moved to Melbourne, and um, it carried us through like six fucking lockdowns. Yeah, I was like, I remember when we were looking for places. I had a few requirements. I was like, it's got to have an extra room that I can work in. It's got to because I have to work from home. It's got to have, you know, all these other things. And it was the one place we looked at that didn't have any of that. No. Um, and and then we had to stay inside for. <laughs> I don't know, six to 24 months, depending on your definition. Great location, though. Great location. Stunning location. Oh, my God. Could just, like, walk outside, and I was like, whoa, what a street. Yeah. (laughs) We were near so many shops that we couldn't visit for months because of lockdown. Literally sandwiched between a train and a tram station. That we couldn't use to get into the city because of lockdown. We couldn't couldn't go anywhere, but... All of the benefits of Helen Street that we couldn't use because of lockdown. Yeah, you know, it was handy if I wanted a cup of coffee. I mean, the cafes weren't open, but, you know, it was still really great. We've definitely now all upgraded to much cleaner premises, but I'll miss it. It was our shitty first Melbourne share house and it, it, it sheltered us through some pretty rough times. And boy, we did a lot of acid together there. And that, that's, that was the great memories. Legally, legally, no, I didn't. I did not do any acid. No, no obviously not. I mean, famously, when they're hiring for editors, yeah. you know, they always do like a, like a back, they vet you, yeah. you know, and I'm pretty sure what they do is like, all right, and then have you, have you taken any acid? And if you go, no, they're going to they're gonna listen to this podcast. You've just fucked my employment is, I guess, the point that I'm making. As if. They're going to be like, God, I hope she's done acid or else she's a fucking <laughs> oh, no. loser. Sorry, oh, you yeah, haven't right. done acid, you fucking <laughs> That's weed. a requirement. They're, they'll ask me in the interview, oh, have you done any acid? I'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, high five. Yeah, right. definitely. <laughs> my wife. That's <laughs> so good. It's so funny. <laughs> I hate you have this ability to like do bits that I hate and then everyone starts to like them enough that then I have to like them. Uh, unironically, my wife and what the heck is happening? Like part of my world now. I blame Brooke. <laughs> Brooke's an enabler of all of my worst jokes. Well, she's an enabler of my jokes too. She's just she a comedy is. enabler. She just allows everyone to flourish in their comedy. That's why no I matter love how it. bad it is. Brooke's a mad chiller. Yeah. Mad, mad chiller. Mad chiller. Oh my god. She, well, she's angry and cold. All at the same time. Is she hosting? A tea party in Wonderland because she is a what? mad chiller. The Mad Hatter? Yeah. What's the, so why is it a mad chiller? Because that's what we're calling her. Yeah, but I mean, wouldn't it be like, is she hosting a, a frozen tea party in Wonderland? You know, like, you got to bring chiller into it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Let's, I'm just, like, let's workshop it, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Maybe comedy's not for me. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, we're going to workshop it. You know, punch it up a bit. Punch it up a bit. You, you know, we're in this room host. together. Hey, hey. Guess I've embarrassed us. You've, imba- oh, I'm, right. You've, imba- yeah. No, no, no. You haven't embarrassed us. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. I'm just saying like, hey, just play with me yeah, in this. That's cool. Play with me in this little you should, space. You should strange do the little podcast space. With, with someone funny. Yeah. Yeah. This is Radiant Descending. I rewrite I'm to be the most evil to shit. Ah, it's Stitch. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> Speaking of hating that guy, <laughs> with this week we watched... Well, you are a little, a little. <laughs> Universal, a little shut up! <laughs> we watched Universal Soldier: The Return. Yeah, 
which was the second movie in the Universal Soldier franchise. I feel like it's the first time in a while that we have watched the first one just because so many of the things recently have been awful thrillers. Yeah, yeah. a lot of them like haven't felt worth it. But with this one, we're like, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, yeah. We're guaranteed a good time. And the first one had Dolph Lundgren. Like, I'm not missing that. Yeah. I'm not skipping that. We also realized it was the first time either of us have seen the muscles from Brussels in a movie. Yeah, because I've never... As much as I love stupid action films, Jean-Claude Van Damme films, I am not, like, I'm not across them. I, you know what? Having watched Universal Soldier 1, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I really get it. Guy's got charm. Guy's got kicks. (laughs) (laughs) Guy loves a good kick. Dolph Lundgren in the first one truly was a fantastic, fantastic villain. Oh, yeah. I would say the only problem with watching the first film for a sequel is that I get them mixed up a little bit. Um, in that I did the research for this film and halfway through realized I was doing it for the first one. Um, <laughs> forgot that we weren't doing the first one and that we'd done the second one. Well, look, the first um, one was more entertaining. So definitely hey, was. I don't mind. <laughs> it also had like a solid half an hour extra on it. Whereas this one that we did the sequel was like an hour and 20 minutes. 80 minutes. Yeah. It, it had mad like made for TV energy. If you told me it was the same cinematographer as Inspector Gadget 2 or Casper Meets Wendy, I would not be surprised. It's funny that you say that because after you Universal Soldier, two made-for-TV movies came hey. out, and then they did The Return. The two made-for-TV oh, wow. movies didn't have Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, what? Yeah, it was just set in the same universe. Right, sure. And then, I it's funny because I think that usually if you're doing made-for-TV sequels, the franchise is dead. It's yeah. like dead in the water. Oh, yeah, it's, so it's done. It's very rare for a film to come back from that or a whole franchise, but... It did. You know what did come back from that? What? An American Tale, which had the first oh. one, An American Tale, a lovely movie. And then they had the two made-for-TV sequels that I can't remember the name of right now, but one, it goes underwater and stuff, uh, underwater, underneath New York and discovers a bunch of, I guess, indigenous mice. It, it probably doesn't stand up to modern scrutiny. Yeah. And then there's another one where there's like, you know, like, hey, it's a newsboy and there's like cats are attacking them, but the, they're, the cats are trying to be, or the dogs are trying to be nice to them and all this stuff. Yeah. And then they released the fourth one, which was marketed as the sequel because it was the second theatrical one, Fievel Goes West. Right. I really liked these movies as a kid. This is maybe the fourth <laughs> or fifth time I've brought them up on the podcast. So what we've learned recently is that Michelle is passionate about dinosaurs and an American tale. Yeah. Well, certainly 10-year-old Michelle was. Mice and dinosaurs, they're basically the same animal. Yeah, I think so. 27-year-old Michelle is trying to re-tap into what 10-year-old Michelle liked. Yeah, what brings you joy? For me, it's mice and dinosaurs. <laughs> and for me, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, the muscles from Brussels indeed. He was so, like, first thoughts, right? Mm. Fuck, they love showing his body in this oh, film. Oh, my God. Well, in the first one, for sure. In the first sure. one, for sure. Fuck, I keep... <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> Thinking about it all together, I've got to separate. They love showing his body in the first one. In the second one, they probably showed it off less. They showed it in, the, like, it was the intro sequence was his body, and then there's so many tits after it. So many tits. This yeah. one, we were, like, rewarding the first film for not showing, like, female nudity for once and yeah. making all of that his body. And then yeah. the second one, like, Maggie's, like, shirt is ripped open immediately and everyone's, like, <laughs> like ugly. Yeah, and then they go to a strip bar and you're kind of like, oh, all right, <laughs> I guess we're doing this. Yeah. What I enjoyed about this film 
over the first one yeah was its bizarre soundtrack of like metal being like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even metal it was butt rock yeah, it, like, yeah. like papa roach dad rock yeah kind of thing. that's exactly yeah. it and it was always during action scenes yeah so it'd be, like really quiet and as soon as things kick off it just starts playing this stupid music the kind of music that would play in the ps2 classic shadow the hedgehog they're sort of like oh look at how fucking edgy we are my life yeah is hard but I hate that fucking music. Jean-Claude Van Damme is charismatic though. He really yeah. like I'm I, I've made a decision with Claude to just watch from Bloodsport all the way through to at least Universal Soldier, which was like wow. his real prime time between nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety five. Like that he was just kicking off. He was doing movie after movie. Yeah. I think he did seven movies in three years at one point. Holy shit. Yeah. That's so a lot of fucking movies. I want to watch all of them. They're okay. so stupid. Fucking go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but but wait, so because how how much time was it between the first one and the second one? Because the second one started, we see his beautiful body, and then we see a shot of his face, and I'm like, why does he look a decade older? Did he yeah. smoke 20 packs of cigarettes immediately before shooting this? Um, Almost. Oh, okay. He, so the first one came out in 92, and then this, this second one, The Return, came out in 99, so seven years had passed. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he that's... didn't have a smoking habit. It was more an... Uh, insane coke habit yeah in that he would spend apparently ten thousand dollars a week on coke holy shit yeah he would oh my god he did up to 10 grams of it a day oh my god think about how one bag in australia not that i know or take it not that i we don't i genuinely have no context for um (laughs) it's 350 dollars a bag at the moment it because of oh my god because of issues with supply it's like slowly going up to 400 dollars a bag a bag is one gram Oh He's my doing God. 10 grams of Coke a day. And I know it's a lot cheaper in America, but the idea but of anyone day. in Australia being able to have the, being able to afford 10 grams of Coke a day is insane. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so much Coke. But um, yeah, he had a terrible drug habit for oh, wow. a really long time. Yeah, um, right. And that was particularly around 94, 95 when his career just completely taken off. Um, yeah. And he'd done like fucking, again, seven movies in three was years or something ridiculous. Robin Williams quote, uh, Coke is God's way of punishing you for being too rich. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. And he said that he, I did all this. This isn't even what I'd written down. I just did a lot of reading about Jean-Claude over the last couple of days. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Apparently he tried to go into rehab numerous times and it didn't work. And so eventually he just decided to quit cold turkey, which yeah. is usually what people don't recommend doing, but he did it. And he said it was effective. He just put all of his energy into. Of course. I know. Of course Van Damme could do it. He's <laughs> I know. just like, I have a terrible Coke habit. And they're like, do you need rehab? He's like, no, I will simply stop. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he focused more on his health and fitness and he completely cut it. He didn't touch wait, it again. Wait, a guy who's <laughs> so fit and famous for being so that his nickname is the muscles from Brussels was like, I need to focus more on my fitness and health. <laughs> Jesus. You know what I read about Dolph Lundgren? Again, not in this movie, but the villain of the first movie. Mean, yeah, the Giga Chad meme incarnate. Yes. <laughs> he said that, it, like, everyone always asked about how he maintained his physique. And he said that he only did one hour of exercising a day. Oh which meant God. he was like, there's 24 hours in a day and I spend one hour of it working on my body. I refuse to spend more on it because there's so many other things to do. And I mean, Dolph Lundgren sounds like a wonderful, really interesting yeah. guy. So I wouldn't even put it past him. He's a fucking chemical engineer, <laughs> yeah. which we found out. But he said that he would work like he would do his workout between 8 and 9 a.m. And it was just like lifting weights, doing all like the he would like focus on various parts of his body. Wow. One hour. I think that people think that you have to go and like smash it at the gym for like six hours to look like fucking Dolph Lundgren. No, he just did it for one hour. Wow. And he maintained it for years. I also, I mean, 
there's also that thing though. This is the I, what I call the personal trainer problem. Some people genetically are predisposed to like building yes. muscle and stuff, and then those people become personal trainers because they're good at it. Yeah. And then they say to someone else who is genetically not disposed to it, "Why are you struggling? It should it's easier than this." And shame them. Same thing That's with weight bad. loss. It's yeah. like you could lose all this weight if you just followed these like three simple exercises yeah. for forty minutes a day. People aren't the same. People yeah. don't burn calories. Do they what don't I burn did. Fat the same way. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, Dolph is, like, fucking insanely jacked. I believe him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, believe sure. Him. Yeah, I believe him. Yeah, if I just did one hour a day, I could I could definitely get that fucking jacked. <laughs> so, basically, in the seven years that lapsed between the first one and the second one, yeah, he had a terrible coke is- like issue. Then, Universal Soldier Regeneration came out in 2010. Oh, and then Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning came out in 2012. Ah. What I know about Jean-Claude Van Damme's career is that he had a real, like, dead patch for a while. Like, he didn't, like, one of his last films, like, st- like, one of the last things he appeared in was, like, God, late 90s, early 2000s. And then he didn't star in anything until, like, 2008. Mm. So he had a real, like, huge lapse in his career for a while. And because of that, when they did like redo Universal Soldier around 2010, 2012, they just recast people. They didn't get Jordan Claude back. Aww. But what Aww. I found out, which is really fun, is that in the Day of Reckoning, which is the latest one in 2012, uh-huh. they got none other than Scott Adkins to play the protagonist. Oy! Scott Adkins from Legend of Hercules, yeah. the guy that people kept saying had the body of a god. Yeah. And this is so outside of like, I just wanted to touch on this because again, I did a lot of research into Jean Claude <laughs> and a lot of research into Scott Adkins Adkins weeks ago. Yeah. So I was looking up Scott Adkins again. Apparently Jean-Claude Van Damme was his hero. Aww. He apparently went on record saying that all these, like he was like so obsessed with him. There were posters all over his wall. He said that when he was like 11, he was like, my mom thought something was wrong with me because most boys my age had like half like naked women on their walls, but I just had Jean-Claude. <laughs> well, it sounds like, I mean, good, great. Yeah. If you're just like aspiring to be muscular, that's probably better, uh, better version of masculinity than just like Hey, look at these women as objects on my wall. Hell yeah. yeah, I want to stare at him. Well, apparently in Day of Reckoning, Jean-Claude does come back as Luke, oh. but he is killed and defeated by Scott Adkins' character, John. Oh. And in their fight sequences, Scott was like, holy shit, I'm working with my idol, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Really and apparently cool. he and Dolph and um, like Jean-Claude all work together in The Expendables too. So they've oh, worked yeah. together a lot. But apparently in his fight scene, he actually said that he had to slow down his choreography because Jean-Claude couldn't keep up. Aww. It must be insane to have this hero, but then realize that he's They're, potentially outdone them. Like well, also past his prime. Yeah, I know. know. That's true. Like Scott Adkins is far younger, but God, it must've been like amazing. Anyway, I love <laughs> that Scott Adkins came into the picture somehow with this I thing. I love that. The body of a God is back. <laughs> do you want to hear the overview? I do. Well, I just gave you a bunch of information. <laughs> you, you did. I, hey, I'm into it. I, this is like what I was saying last week. I just want to talk about information. The inverse of that is I just want to hear about things. Oh, it'd be terrible if you wanted to talk about it but not hear it back. Yeah, that would <laughs> be, be terrible. That would be terrible. Part of part of this podcast is just the audience listening to me listening to you. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's, how, that's no, so cool. When I come out with facts about the film, you're like, nah, sounds fake. It's <laughs> fake. Can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a throwback to a previous episode where I had another bad, t- bad take. Okay. <laughs> this film was made in 1997. Nope, 1999, as mentioned. This film has 4.1 stars on IMDb. And it was directed by Mick Rogers in his directorial debut. Uh-huh. By the way, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Uh, I mean, I can, I can tell. Yeah. 
and it was written by William Malone and John Fasano. The first one was directed by Roland Emmerich. Yeah. Who we know from disaster films such as Independence Day, Day After Tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Guy knows how to make a big, trashy blockbuster. Yeah. This is my overview. And by the way, just as a general like overview of the first one, the whole premise of the Universal Soldier franchise is that he was a soldier in Vietnam in 1969. He kills his fellow officer, Scott Andrew, and Scott Andrew kills him back. And then they're regenerated as Universal Soldiers. They're frozen in ice. Which is barely explained. (laughs) And then they remember that they have a feud with each other, so they just try and kill each other the whole time. It's very silly. Dolph Lundgren's great. It's it's a good time. It's really great. Also, just, just really quick, because I know that this one was starring Van Damme. I don't think there were any returning actors, but was that Stone Cold Steve Austin as the, the big, bald, bad guy? It's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. But it's funny you say that because I have some trivia pertaining to that later. Well, so don't look anything up. I won't. I won't. Because Tommy Lister Jr. was in the first one. So I was like, oh, they're getting another wrestler. But it yeah. sounds like it is another wrestler anyway. He is anyway. a wrestler. So this guy that was actually in it was Bill Goldberg. He okay. played the antagonist in this one called Romeo. Goldberg is really fucking famous he's a wcw star yeah and he's known for a lot of signature moves and i looked him up seems like a real wholesome dude so so jewish wrestler jewish wrestler (laughs) and he's very proud of it apparently cool yeah again seems really wholesome (laughs) this is my overview 15 years after the first film, Luke Devereaux has been reverted back to normal via genetic procedures. (laughs) Vaguely, (laughs) she says. He now works for the government Unisol program under a new AI system called Seth. It's crazy. (laughs) When Seth learns that he will be shut down, he formulates a plot to overthrow mankind with his own army of Unisols led by the muscle-bound Romeo. Yeah. Luke teams up with a reporter, Erin. And by the way, Erin is just a carbon copy of the first <laughs> romantic lead. They get the daughter to say, why did mom why have did, to die? Why did she have to die? That seems fucked me up. And then immediately replace her with another hot reporter. Yeah. <laughs> another reporter looks the exact same, just, has the same attitude. Just make her play the same character and recast apparently her. It's they, fine. Yeah, apparently they couldn't get Ali Walker back. Ali Walker played the first romantic lead, couldn't get her back. She was She was committed to something else. He teams up with another reporter, Erin, to stop Seth, who puts himself into a unisol body. <laughs> Seth kidnaps Luke's daughter, Hillary, to blackmail Luke to assist his plans. Luke saves his daughter, the world, and the day by destroying Seth with, with liquid nitrogen and a roundhouse kick to the head. <laughs> I may have skimmed over a lot of details, but all of it is just... They fight. They fight. <laughs> they fight. <laughs> it's nothing worth touching on. Look, the least believable part of this insane movie. I was very confused. I was wondering at the beginning, like, wait, is he still a universal soldier? But then they asked, like, you can be one again. It's crazy to me that after the entire theme of the first one, he's like, and I'll help them make more universal soldiers. I don't know how they're funding it still, because a very important part of the first one is that it's a public publicly known program that then gets exposed for leading to the deaths of tens of people. I don't know how they continue the program. Least believable part of it, that at one time, at one point, the commandant from um, Malcolm in the Middle, who was playing the general, yeah, yeah, yeah. says that the American Defense Department's budget is getting cut. Yeah. Not believable. Completely no. not believable. <laughs> <laughs> not never happening. I yeah, I refuse to believe. Unless there's like some art sector that they're actually falling into, <laughs> their budget's not going to get cut. Technically, it counts as arts funding. Yeah, that's getting cut. <laughs> Creating the Unisol soldiers, it's basically art. Yeah, like. <laughs> they're crafting the perfect man. <laughs> It's so true. And like, I love that, like the whole, it's literally Seth is like, you can't shut me down. Once again, like the government, 
there's a lot of questions about what the government does or doesn't know, what the public does or doesn't know, Very how acceptable confusing. and accepted the whole Unisol program is. Yeah. Like, I don't understand Luke's stance on it. I thought that he would be against it because of all of the bullshit that happened to him and Dolph yeah, Lundgren in the first one. The entire one. movie is not a treatise about how it's a good program, but misguided. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how can they shut this down? It is an excellent program. I'm like, what do you guys do? <laughs> yeah. What do you guys in do? In the first one, they even say, like, the, the people above don't know this. I'm like, this is about bringing people back from the dead. Somebody yeah. has to know about this. This must be monstrously expensive. Also, God, I love how the women in, like, one of my, the women in this and in the first one have always just been, like, plot devices to make Sean Luke upset or vengeful, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. His daughter gets kidnapped. The reporter gets in trouble. I do love how they try to make the reporter character feisty, like Aaron yeah. in this one. And there's this bit where the general played by... The commandant from the Malcolm commandant in the from Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. My favorite like scene of his in Malcolm in the Middle is when they're singing the Candy yes. Man at Francis's boarding yes. military school, and he's like, "You can even eat the dishes." I love watching just that scene. It's great, it's so good. But I'm glad it's stuck in your memory as a child as well. <laughs> um, but he's talking to her, and he's like, "I'm sorry, like I there's nothing I can do." And like he's like, ah, "I can't remember the line," but he basically says, "There's nothing I can do." And she's like, "Well, you've made me do this," and she fully punches him in the face, yeah, <laughs> so aggressively, and he's just like, "Ugh." All right, continue the plans. Like yeah. he, he just like brushes it aside. There's such bizarre portrayals of women in this. Which it, it's funny. It feels very '90s that thing of like she's still got to be helpless damsel in distress, but we'll make her feisty so that so that we're being feminist. Yeah, which they aren't, but they think they are. God, Hillary was such a bland character. His yeah. daughter had nothing going on. It was just, Daddy, why did Mommy have but- to die? <laughs> I will say, Mark against the the reporter. What was her fucking name in this? Erin. Erin. Yeah. Mark against reporter is that when they go to the strip club, one of the strippers goes up to her and is like, hey, want to dance? Like trying to engage with her. I assume also being like, it's cool if that's what you're here for. Hey, whatever. And she goes, um, no, thank you. And I'm like, whoa, man. She's like, I'm here with a man, actually. Fully, she's someone who's like okay with gay people in theory and then is really homophobic. Yeah, she gets hit on in the strip club by a woman and she's like, I'm here with a man. And the woman's like, huh, I was like that before. Trust me, it it, like open up your life or something, you know? Like the woman's just trying to hit on her. Yeah. I have to say, even if she's homophobic, if a man, if this was like a man and man situation, the man would just beat the shit out of the guy. So at least women have a cordial homophobic response, you know? I, There's no physical violence. I don't know That's if great. we should reward this. <laughs> oh, I'm not rewarding it. I'm just saying it's nice that women don't beat the shit out of each other when they're homophobic. That's something. That's yes. something. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Got to take the wins when you can. I don't know about, okay, yeah, <laughs> I I just don't know how to process, like, well, she didn't beat the fuck out of that stripper, so that's cool. It's not The Sopranos. <laughs> that's true. It's not The Sopranos. That's neat. That's pretty good. Pretty good. How do we get out of here? <laughs> I think we just need to take the sheet off our heads. No. No. Also, by the way, you said, what was that guy's at Goldberg, the, the wrestler? He was so fucking good in this. I Like, obviously, he's no Dolph Lundgren. But I just, right at the beginning, I can't remember what he says, but he, like, appears and he's like, it's time. You know, he just, he completely gets, 
exactly the quality of the movie he's in and he's really Mm. fucking hamming it up that guy has like a ghost career in like kids films as big big bozo bad guy like i feel like i can just see him like trying to catch someone who's like sliding under his legs and then he's like i'm too big and muscly i've just never mean seen a man as thick as bill oh yeah which he was truly was the biggest, widest man I'd ever so seen. So huge. And then at the towards the end, he has to fight. He's at like a hospital and he has to fight these orderlies. And it's ju- like, they're just like hospital orderlies. And they're the biggest, most jacked men I've ever seen. And I can't like, imagine if you were at a hospital and you sat down in a wheelchair and some guy was like, all right, I'll take you to the front door. And it's just like the biggest man you've ever seen. Just a complete, absolute Goliath of a human being. I feel like it's hard to match up to Dolph, but... He did a good job. I think Goldberg was bigger than Dolph, though. He was bigger, but yeah. was he better? I'm not saying... Oh, no, no. No no part of this movie is better. Even yeah. Van Damme is worse. All of it's worse. I feel like Dolph just looks more inherently evil because he's blonde. Blonde people just look evil. I'm happy to well, admit they, that. They have a lot of crime stands. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He's the most Aryan-looking man you could possibly think of. Yeah. So you know there's something wrong with him. As opposed to me, I have brown hair, so I'm a minority. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, okay. You're trans. It's fine. Well, hey, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Saved but it. I'm a woman, so I am also a minority. Oh my, oh my god. Oh my god. Don't do this. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe we've gone this far and not talked about the computer. Like Seth rebels, which means that he literally says to them "fuck you" and then has like a digital picture of a middle finger up. He did. And I'm pretty sure that's then when it cuts to Squid, who we haven't talked about at all yet squid yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, he reminded me so much of like a seth green character in a coming of age film i'm so glad you said that i literally have in my notes this guy is budget seth green he is he is yeah that guy is either like if if this was set in 2022 that guy's either non-binary or an alt-right incel yeah. there's no in between oh he had like green hair he was non-binary yeah but <laughs> he had dyed green hair <laughs> yeah well he had blue hair didn't he Dyed blue hair. It's all the same. Bright blue hair, skater punk vibe. But then at the same time, he's like, people aren't worth it. You know, you you get that this guy's been like uh, uh, radicalized into fascism. Yeah. Was it revealed that Squid used to be a unisol? Was that the whole thing? No, no, no. He used to be in the program or He used to be in the program, yeah. I don't think... He wasn't a unisol, but he used to work for Unisol. And and that's how he could hack it. We don't like your ideas, man. You're too radical and out there. Man, the guy that played... Seth, when Seth gets a human body, yeah, had the best fucking voice. It was Michael Jai White, right? He was in the first one yeah. as one of the Unisols, and then he came back, like they used the same Unisol body, and he has just such a great presence. Such a great presence, such a great voice. Yeah. I know him mostly from Black Dynamite, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, that his like he wrote and directed it. I'm pretty sure his like parody black exploitation movie. It's so funny. Is it also set in Idaho about a young man in high school? No. What? Oh, with a friend called Pedro. No, that's that's Napoleon understand. Dynamite. Oh, yeah, this is Black Dynamite. Right yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I get it. It's different. It's, diff- it's totally different. Uh, no, he's he's great. And you know what? It feels kind of weird to point it out, but I don't know. It made me happy when Seth when um what's his fucking name? Because I didn't understand what was happening for some of it because yeah. it was confusing. But when Squid was like, I made Seth the perfect body, peak human uh, specimen, and then it's this muscular black guy. I'm like. Hell yeah. That's cool. 
That's neat. Every time it's like, it's the perfect human. It's like some like white blonde, blue eyes, Dolph Lundgren type. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, you, I don't think I've ever seen another movie where Whoa. the perfect human is a black guy. I'm so glad Universal Soldier, The Return yeah. is woke. It's Thank kinda, God. It's kinda, no, I mean. What the, an the, ally. I think that's the problem with it though. Universal Soldier was better before it, it got infected by wokeism. Yeah. Or whatever the shit they I'm so glad they now. just gave us a whole strip club scene just to really balance it out. Yeah. Can't that, go too woke. That was real culture as opposed to the woke ideology that ruined the ending. <laughs> My favorite scene was, of course, the bit where he froze Seth with liquid oh nitrogen God, so and then Roundhouse kicked him and they didn't give us like one shot of it. They gave us like three takes of him kicking him and it exploding. It was fantastic. Yeah. He gets sprayed by the liquid nitrogen and then walks out of it and only then starts freezing yeah. where he like poses into a punch. <laughs> the film ended so quickly as well. It literally oh. just went like he did diff- like the whole place explodes. Maggie sacrifices herself yeah. and he blows up the building full of unisols and Romeo at the end. It's odd that Romeo is harder to defeat than Seth. Yeah. Like, Romeo was defeated after Seth. Yeah, I think that I... But they do that sometimes. You know, like, yeah. in Die Hard, uh, Carl or whatever is killed after... Um, what's his face? Because he, he reappears at the end. Oh, yeah, he does. You know? The whole dragon I feel character. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's that's a thing sometimes. The henchman makes it to the very end. But after the w- building explodes, he, like, runs out and he's reunited with Hillary and he's like... And then he just hugs Hillary and Aaron and that's the end. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Instant end. It was the quickest ending ever. When the credits started rolling, I was like, surely I missed something or it glitched no. out. I'm so happy with that because it ended when the story ended yeah. instead of having another 10 minutes of like Van Damme, like in a fucking uh, barn somewhere going, mm. ha, 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 uh, here we are, a family. Uh, uh, Luke, I've got your eggs. And yeah, he's like, yeah. ah, here I am, an American. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it truly felt like a Tommy Wiseau moment of this clearly French actor saying, I am from Louisiana and I have French heritage. That is why I have an accent. But at the very least, in the first one, we see his mum is French mm. and his dad is American. But I don't I think it gives that. you such a thick accent. I don't think you have yeah. such a thick accent. But I'm just happy. I don't know. I feel like a lot of a lot of movies are homogenized now you know like they always just make every actor from not america just have an american accent rather than just going this is a country full of place people from other places what if they're just from somewhere else and they live here now i get that for his mom but he grew up in america he's an american citizen yeah i know but i mean you know if he grew up in like a french area in louisiana louisiana's got french people in it no one has a french accent from louisiana you can't explain this away michelle i'm just saying i don't mind it i I don't mind it his name's luke Devereux, but l-u-c instead of l-u-k-e yeah he's got a french accent if he he was from louisiana he would be luke Devereux. My name is Luke Devereaux. Yeah, My depending mom is on French. where in Louisiana. He you has know. an American dad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's fair. All right, all right. All right. I'm just I'm just saying I want I want more Leia Seydu, you know, going around. That's why I really enjoyed playing Death Stranding, you know, hearing a I'm fragile, but I'm not that fragile. I'm just missing that sort of like northern France accent. It's that good. sounded very Bjork esque to me. Well, that there's a lot of overlap between mm. Bjork and Leia Seydoux when she's trying to talk quietly. Mm. I'm still working on it. I'm workshopping it. Do you want to hear some trivia? Yeah. IMDb trivia. Due to the film's fi- critical and financial failure, subsequent Universal Soldier entries ignore the events of this <laughs> film and outright contradict it in several ways. <laughs> While still an official entry, it is no longer considered canon. <laughs> really hearkening back to Highlander 2 here. Yeah. In that the sequel was so balls to the walls 
the the franchise just try and forget it happened. Well, to be fair, they did that with Highlander 3 as well. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad this isn't the first time we've experienced a sequel <laughs> getting written out of the lore of a franchise. <laughs> this is just something fun. When Bill Goldberg's character, Romeo, tears his shirt off and starts to fight with the security guards, <laughs> he uses one of his signature wrestling moves called the spear. Hey. Which is that fun. That was so funny, that bit. He just, there's no reason for it. Yeah. He just gets attacked by some hospital orders who like I said are fucking jacked as hell and he just goes ah and rips his shirt yeah. off <laughs> signature move <laughs> also the reason it was so funny you thought he was Steve Austin was that the role of Romeo was originally intended for wrestler Stone Cold Steve oh, wow. Austin however without notifying Austin his agent turned down the offer of $55,000 that's not very much to star in this film the role was subsequently offered to Bill Goldberg, who accepted the role for a fee of $250,000. When Austin found out about this, he expressed his anger to his manager for not letting him know about the movie offer, as he would have taken it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Didn't Steve Austin become, like, governor of Minnesota? I have no idea. I'm pretty I'm sure. Not a, I'm not... I am not a, uh, on top of my wrestling knowledge. I'm pretty sure one of the wrestlers became governor of, of Minnesota. Are they Americans, uh, Minnesota. You, you guys got to stop electing wrestlers or wrestling figures. Mm. But if they get attacked, they need their governor to, to tear off his shirt and start attacking people back. That's All how right. governors work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the governor is the first in the line to defend the yeah. state. <laughs> Um, I looked at some goofs for this one. Yay! Since Devereux was brought back to life in the first film and then has had his unisol implants removed prior to this movie, making him completely human again with no ill effects, this means that the government have found a way to bring people back to life normally. Yeah! Yet no one seems to mention the scientific breakthrough. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Good, good shout. <laughs> the first one is already insane because they know how to bring people back from the dead and they're like, we're hiding it. But the, the, now they just fully know how to make it just fine. In this like 1999 universe, they can bring people back from the dead. And the only one they do is Luke Devereaux, who died <laughs> in, in Vietnam trying to not kill a Vietnamese villager. This is another goof. This goof screams, well, actually, like screams of a guy that has too much time on his hand and needs so, to go out and breathe some fresh air. An incel, but a spring. Well, actually. actually. <laughs> when the soldiers are setting up the bomb in the generator room, you can clearly see that the bomb is a C4 bomb. Later, one of the soldiers accidentally shoots the bomb and it explodes. C4 does not explode when shot. C4 only explodes when the detonator is triggered. Wow. Oh. Boy, oh, boy, sure. There's, there's way more problems in that whole scene. One scene I didn't talk about that I'm going to talk about now is my favorite bit where the, the unisols turn and four of them come outside and there's like 200 of just regular soldiers out there. And they open fire at them, they kill them, and then one of them's like, all right, go check on them, they're dead. But the general, who knows, is like, no, no, no. And then they all, all four of them stand up immediately, like, from getting shot, and then just start shooting. They're just standing in a line, and they have these assault rifles, and they're just shooting towards trucks filled with, like, 200 guys, and everyone starts dying. People are, like, flying and, like, falling back and falling out of towers. Explosions start going off. At one point, there's a reporter in the distance, and one of them sees them, and instead of just shooting the reporter, they shoot the van, and the van explodes. It's the most insane bullshit. You just see this wide shot of them just standing there firing little guns. And, like, little 300 guns. people going, oh, my God! Coming from the ground. It's, 
no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear some reviews? Yeah. Yes. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has a 5% score. Jesus. The website's critical consensus states, Universal Soldier, The Return, fails on almost every level from its generic story to its second-rate action and subpar performances. Ron Givens from the New York Daily News wrote, you dear, you, dear moviegoer, must not buy a ticket to this badly programmed sequel. You must save the world from Universal Soldier 3. How bad can it get? <laughs> Barbara Schulgasser from the Chicago Tribune wrote, If Universal Soldier The Return isn't the dullest, most derivative, unimaginative, noisy, repetitive, mind-numbing, and generally imbecilic movie of the year, it's not because director Mick Rogers wasn't trying hard enough. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Rough. Keith Phipps of AV Club said, For the record, this is the fourth Universal Soldier movie, if you count two cable sequels. But who would? (laughs) (laughs) This is an IMDb review left by DLucy16210. It's called Great and it's 10 out of 10. I like this movie because all the action that is going on, I just had to keep turning it down some parts. I got the DVD. I cannot stop watching it. It is so great that I can't even hardly explain. It is all it is my all-time favorite movie. I would always rate it a 10. I wish there is more movies like this one. The special effects are great. It has the best actors in it to me. Even though I wasn't born in 99, I still like it. (laughs) I caught it on TV and had to watch it for the millionth time. Cannot get enough of Universal Soldier The Return. I tell people after I watch it the next day, then they watch it. It is so great that you cannot get enough of it. I always have dreams about it after I watch it. I love every song in it. My favorite song is from from it is Chaos by Skold. I downloaded it on my phone, laptop, computer, and tablet. I love the actor who played Livery, Hilary Devereaux, Karis Page Bryant. Spoiler alert. Seth discovers that the Universal Soldier program is scheduled to cut, shut down because of is scheduled to be shut down because of budget cuts it takes action to protect itself that is when everything goes haywire 10 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean if if you're at the point of dreaming about it i get it it's a 10 out of 10 this person might be the most passionately on board any of the films we've ever i think so i think we found the fan the fan (laughs) thanks delucy and this is a review left by seth N172. Spooky. It's 10 out of 10, and it's the the subject is pow. <laughs> yes, action, action, and more action. That is what you will get when you watch Universal Soldier The Return with Jean-Claude Van Damme, in brackets, spelling, take center stage in this nonstop action thrill ride. You know you'll be on the edge of your seat when you are watching a movie like this. That's right. Any movie with action stars like Van Damme, Vin Diesel, and others put out the best in your action entertainment. Despite what people really think, I am giving this a 10 out of 10 rating. When you watch this movie, you will think the same as well. Remember the saying, Van Damme equals ultimate action. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Never heard that saying before, but I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a saying, but I think we should make it a saying. <laughs> Van Damme equal ultimate action. Ultimate action. Hey, you know what they say. (laughs) Well, that was Lucy and Seth's review. It is weird that it was a Seth. Do you reckon it's the Seth? 
I think this movie is perfect. That's I'm trying to do the robot bit before it's Michael Jai White because I can't do his like so like silken. I'm not even voice. into men, but I want his voice to rail me. Like mm. it's so good. Holy shit! You should just like put a AirPod up every orifice with his voice singing through. <laughs> Get orally railed. I like the idea that it's not even just my normal two AirPods. I got to like. Get more sets of AirPods mm. so that I can put them in every orifice, every hole at the same time. Yeah, to get his smooth voice. Put on maximum it's volume. Me, Seth. No, that's too. That's too evil sounding. His. It's so like it's creamy but gravelly. It's me, Seth. Ah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. We're getting closer. Yeah. I think I gotta like <laughs> smoke a pack of cigarettes to get my voice down an octave before <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> Well, that was their review. What was yours, Michelle? Look, I mean, this movie was fucking bonkers, and I really loved that scene of the four guys standing there shooting it. And I, there were parts of it that I was like, this is a good time, but also it's an abysmally made movie. It's bad. It, Like I said, it reeks of made-for-TV. It, it, Like, if it wasn't for the blood and violence in it, I would feel like it was going to show, like, on the Disney Channel or something as, like, a bunch of kids getting into hijinks, but instead it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. And why would I ever watch this again when I could just watch the first one? Which is also, I will say, not, like, good, but it's so fun and wild. And, like, just watch that one instead. So, like, this is, like, a, I don't know, like a 3.1. I think the first one was such a good time. And there were things about this one that I enjoyed. I liked watching Bill Goldberg really ham it up. Yeah. Like, Jean-Claude Van Damme is charming, even if the film sucks. You know, he can really carry it in his own way. But the female character sucked. Yeah. The plot was boring as fuck and I could barely understand it. But do I love a stupid, engaging action film? Definitely. Now, if there was more squid or if, more squ- squid. Or if squid got slimed, that would be a full seven squid for me. Got sli- <laughs> squid got slimed. Oh, my God. Squid got slimed. Oh, my God. <gasps> they slimed squid. <laughs> I reckon... 3.5. 3.5? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Hey, there we go. You're yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Well, guys, if you enjoyed this, you should follow us on the Soch Mead. The Soch Mead. That's what we call it now. Yeah. I mean, th- there was yeah. one guy at the, like, a nurse at the hospital at one point where they were, like, I think hi- checking on Hillary, who was had, like, cut off sleeves and, like, long hair who looked like a surfer, bro. It looked like he was going to be like, Chah, you're all good, bro. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Probably not, <laughs> Made me think of that, that trend that's been going around. <laughs> you should follow us on social media. We're on TikTok under... I don't start there. We're on Twitter under Rate Descend Pod. We're on TikTok under Rating Descending. Or you can email us at ratingdescending at gmail.com. Or if you want to see us get slimed, you can follow us on our own social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at michelle.stclair. And also, can you... Uh, and also follow uh, No Ordinary Love on Instagram and check out the Blueback trailer on YouTube. And you can find me on Instagram under Abigail J. Ward. And hey, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you can leave reviews, anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, Michelle, that was Universal Soldier The Return. What are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching Thunderbirds. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. We're on a good roll. We're on a great We're like role. watching some really dumb, hammy action films. That's what this is all about. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. You know what? I I never watched it when I was a kid, but I know so many people who did. I never watched the original series, even though I know my mum loved it. I remember one time she walked into me watching Team America and was like, is this Thunderbirds? And I was like, no, mother. I really want to show Claude, like, Team America. I'm trying to talk him around to it. <laughs> <laughs> 
catch you there next week. Thunder Bird? More like Thunder Pants. Wasn't that a different movie about a boy who could fart to space? Captain Thunderpants? No, that's that's Captain Underpants. Oh, fuck. Dude. Too many unders. It's too late. We're, we're already going. No, no, no. <laughs> we're wait, 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 wait. Somebody answer my question. Goodbye. Goodbye.